having your banker there is a big deal because your tax guy is trying to get you to pay less taxes, mm-hmm. right? But then your your banker's like, well, hold on a second. If you don't pay any taxes, how are we going to give you a bigger mm-hmm. line of credit because you're not showing any profit, right? <laughs> and then and then and then, you're, and then your CPA sitting there going, well, you know this and this. So when you get all four of those guys in the same room, magic happens. Cannon Johnson and Dan Blanc are just two guys who love the fencing industry and are here to help you grow your company and find solutions to your business challenges. You're listening to My Fence Life. Powered by Southwest Automated Security. So buckle up and hold on tight as they take you on this ride called My Fence Life. Yo! What's up? What's up? (laughs) What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of My Fence Life Live. Hey, if you're here with us, Sean King, got Sean King in the house. What's up? <laughs> hey, look, so there's a new nickname for all the people here, Sean, and, and Fisher, uh, the first one to actually be on the show since this new uh, name. Everybody here is a fence lifer. Yeah. We're fence a fence lifer. lifer. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, uh, Cannon's going to get that hey. tattooed on his neck. Right here. <laughs> hey guys, uh, uh, we are uh, Dan. What did you say earlier? We are just uh, we're in the middle. Of, we're in the middle of a shit show, guys. We've had audio problems, camera problems, uh, intro problems, uh, echoing problems. We've had all kinds of problems. So we're just going to wait through something. like five beers, just getting this set up. <laughs> yeah, I've already honestly, I've already finished off this bottle of bourbon and on another one. So <laughs> it's going to. We're in the middle of a shit show. Y'all just buckle up, hang on, and uh, it's probably not going to be the same format as usual. But we're gonna we're gonna try, oh, right, Cannon? Figure it out. On paper, it sounds real easy to. Um, yeah, let's have another guest. Let's let's do a live guest. Well, it has a lot of freaking problems that we don't know how to solve. Uh, and we thought Dan, we thought Dan had the microphone game covered. Dan, Dan went to Amazon and bought us an extra microphone. And like, I'm like, man, it should be here any moment. It's Wednesday. He said Wednesday. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I didn't order that mic. I was waiting on you to say, okay. I was like, dude, when we talked about it, that was my okay. That was me saying, yeah, send it. You know? The Wednesday wasn't this Wednesday. It was next Wednesday. That's why I didn't order. I'm like, why am we ordering a mic? But I'm not going to be here next Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. You have to come back. No, next week I'm off. <laughs> it's great. So what we're doing right now, Sean is controlling the board, just so everybody can kind of understand. Uh, and, and and I'm sorry for the guys that have to listen to this podcast. You don't get to see what's going on. But Sean's controlling the board because his mic is right here beside my mic. And we're I'm on Bluetooth right now, so I might sound a little bit not as good. Um, You're talking through my cell phone, calling your phone, calling the board. <laughs> I'm talking through, through through. I'm on Sean's phone right now, calling myself, and myself is wired to this thing. And Sean's sitting here, and all these microphones are everywhere, so he's being careful to hit the mute button, so you guys cannot hear echoes. So all if I start talking, you don't hear me. Remind me to hit the button. Yeah. If you see me do this, <laughs> okay, <laughs> got it. So this is the cue for hey, something's not good in the head. This is the cue for no sound. This is the cue for the gun show. Great. great. Hey, Susan says we sound great. 
Oh, she's that's listening to. Hey, nothing else to talk about, guys. That's all I needed to hear. One eight hundred two 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 Susan. Susan, yeah, yeah. Susan's on <laughs> hey, Corona guys, tonight. Yeah, man. Hey, look tonight, Dan. Look, we got Mister Fence himself, Sean freaking King. I was sitting here as the thing was going down. And I was like, he's really here. Sean King is really here in the flesh. We're not even like talking through the camera. Like he and I are literally looking at the same camera. That's what I was thinking, sitting next to the superstar Kenneth Johnson. I'm like, I'm literally in the same office. I'm in Kenneth's office. <laughs> so hey, look guys, tonight, uh, what's on the agenda tonight, as long as all these headsets stay on, we've actually got Sean wired in because mine could drop out at any time and I'm not as important. So tonight we're talking about stuff uh that Sean King is gonna talk about. We're talking about budgets, okay? And that sounds gross. That's like talking about mortgages and um, interest rates and crime and all this stuff. But the reality of it is, is we're out here trying to build a business. We're building fences to build a business to take care of our families and all the families of the people that's in our company plus one. Plus one. <laughs> I knew it was coming. All right. So. As we wrap this year up, today is uh, December the 21st, guys. If we wrap, as we wrap this year up, um, now, this is like, if, if you've never been in, in, the, in the mindset of, like, making a budget and, uh, hey, let's see how we really did. Let's not just, let's not wait till April and then run down to the county's office and try to file taxes and never really check up, you know. Uh, if you're getting serious about it, right now is the time to get serious about it. Let's see where you are. Let's go ahead and, and, and talk to your accountant now. He might, she might have some ideas for you now that you can take advantage of before it's too late. Because once we cross December 31st, it's all over. There's okay? only one week left. That's one week left. <laughs> one week left right now. And it's holiday week. And they're all on vacation, so you're screwed. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much that ship is sailed. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, tonight, guys, we're talking, about, we're talking about how to build a budget. And, and why now is the best time to build a budget and, and how, how this particular time how your budget is impacted by this particular time. We all know we're all feeling the same thing right now. Hey, guys, guess what? Um, fences aren't falling out of the sky right now. There's not a demand. Uh, there's not a bucket that's overflowing with customers right now that just need a new fence. That's not happening right now. Those days were a few months ago. We sailed past that. Things are coming to a, a, a slowdown. Um, is it because the economy is crashing? Is it because it's freaking December? Is it because it's Christmas? It could just be, hey, this happens every single year, you know? Um, so what's going on? We're going to talk about this stuff. How do we prepare for it? Why does a budget make sense? Um, and what the budget can do to help you leverage this time of the year. What about that, Dan? I think it's great, man. Um, I'm all about budgeting. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I've never really been a budgeter. I've always been a just, you know, shoot from the hip deal. And I've been hearing Sean talk about it. And... I'm like, hey, we need to we need to do a budget, and we're definitely going to be doing a budget this year. I got a little help from a spreadsheet. I'm not going to say where I got that spreadsheet from. Mm, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to be utilizing the you know a spreadsheet about doing our budget, and uh, I think it's going to be a better year for us, man. You know, uh, Ron, the consultant, and me and Dylan, we're we're going to get a couple of hotel rooms at a casino, and we're going to spend the whole weekend there just drinking, gambling, working on the budget, eating, and enjoying life for 
two, three days and we're going to work on our budget and make it a good time. I'm you not know? so sure that gambling and the budget at the same time is the best idea. I'm just, well, I'm just saying that for a second. I'm not a gambler. Ron's the gambler and Dylan, Dylan's a blackjack guy, but me, I work too hard for my money. I'm not throwing my money at strippers and I'm not throwing it at a, a pit boss. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so. Hey guys, let's get started. Hey, what is up, fifth lifers? Let's make it official. Welcome to the realest and the baddest, the best, the number one fifth podcast. Isn't that right, Dan? It is. We are number one. We had over 30,000 listeners in the past six months. So take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it, Dan Will. Okay. AKA, also known as the best fifth show on the planet. Hey, guys, let's make it official. The date today is Wednesday, December the 21st. And right now, the time is 6.50 p.m. Central Standard Time. I don't know why I always say that, but I feel like it to be noticed somewhere. That way, if we say something that's like really impactful, no, listen, if we said it on this date at this time. So we always say it just in case. And with Sean King here, we might even say it at the end. Hey, guys, just to re- recap. Let's say it, it twice. Still December the 21st. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> um, guys, Fence Lifers, this show is for you and this show is for us. We call it My Fence Life, and if you're living the fence life, you understand just how real that can be. Sean and I have been on the fence line this week together. For the last three days, digging owning holes and owning poles. And I'm tired. I'm not tired. I'm not tired at all. I've been watching your lives all week, and I'm, 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 I'm chipper. I'm great. <laughs> Easy to watch. Life is good, man. Life is good. Hey, guys, look, if you like the show, if you would, do us a favor. Just share the show. That's all we want you to do, share the show. Uh, Let us know you like the show. Tell a friend. Also, just so you know, there are three shows per week available on every freaking podcast platform out there. That's Apple, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher. Every week I say I'm going to learn all the other names, but I don't know all the names. There's like 30 of them, and we're on literally every one of those platforms. So go to your favorite podcast platform, type in My Fence Life, type in Dan is not as cool as Canon. You'll find us, listen to the show, leave us a review. We'll take all of that stuff. Hey, guys, my name is Canon Johnson. I'm with Jackson Fence Company in Medina, Tennessee. We do all things fence with a stronghold in the residential market and a growing focus on gate automation and commercial fencing. And this is my co-host, my good old buddy, old pal. Look at him. <clears throat> I like that plaid shirt you got on tonight, Dan. I know. Pepper was like, you need to wear that shirt on the show. It's Christmassy. And I was like, all right, I'm there. So just for the record, I wore this shirt last night to dinner. So it's a two-dare. We didn't know. We didn't know. Now His you know. name is Dan Blanc, and Dan is who we call the fifth king from Mandeville, Louisiana, also known as the Swamp Butt. Ooh-wee. That's right. Capital of the world, and he loves it when we say that. Because he knows it's true. He's like, yeah, I feel that, bro, all the time. Hey, the fence change is known for its beautiful wood fence and providing privacy, security, and peace of mind since 1999. And together, this is our show, My Fence Life. Everybody, everybody, let's get into it. Get started. Get started. Get started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Hey, guys. You know what time it is. We got three rules to the show. We're going to talk beer. We're going to talk bourbon. We're going to talk business. And we're going to talk budgeting. How about that? All the B's, right? That's four. Well, I don't know. My first time doing this. First time. 
<laughs> long, long time listeners. I mean, if we're going to talk budgets, we got to get the stuff exact on the numbers. <laughs> long time listener, first time caller. I'm sorry. All right. So anyway, uh, I, because of all the foolishness tonight and trying to get the sound together, you remember last week I was finishing off bottles of bourbon because I plan on getting a whole lot for Christmas, which by the way, thank you to everybody who's been sending me bourbon because uh, Pepper thinks I need to go to AA now. Okay. So thank you all for all the bourbon. <laughs> but I've already finished off the Jack Daniels single barrel rye. And uh, Corey Bierman from Iowa, he sent me the Cedar Ridge Iowa bourbon. I'm hoping to finish this baby off too tonight. So I'm going to need an Uber home. And. Well, hey, Dan, uh, I'm going to go ahead right now, man. All right, go ahead. Come on, man. I only got a little bit to say. Uh, just a little bit of blue on the page. <laughs> anyway, let us know what you're sipping in the uh, in, in the comments, man. And then once we do that, we're going to get down to business. We're going to start talking budgeting with Mr. Sean King himself. Boom. <laughs> I, love I love it. Every time Sean talks, he's got to bend over. I got to press the mic. <laughs> We look at each other too. Yeah, Did you hit the button? It's like it's your turn. Sean King has brought us some Yangling. Hit mute, Sean. Chocolate. You said Yangling? Yangling? It's Yangling. It's Tennessee. Yangling. What do you call it, Dan? I call it Yangling, and I think Yangling has a black and tan. Does it? Don't they? They sure do. Yeah, I love me some Guinness. I'll take a Yangling black and tan, right? So Zach Payton was texting Cannon and I. In a group text today. Yeah. Today? Yeah, today. He was texting Cannon. Like, why are you not coaching Superior today? Why are you at Cannon's? Backed <laughs> <laughs> up, bro. Come on. So, uh, Zach Payton of Superior Fence and Rail was texting Cannon and I, showing us some gates they're building in their shop. And one of the gates they're building has Yingling, what is that, plasma cutted? Cut? amazing. Yeah. Dude, it was so dope. And then after that, he showed us a picture of an aluminum. Was that an, It had to be aluminum, right? The gate, the second one. Like it. it looked like a 60-foot aluminum cantilever gate. I was just like, holy shit. But, yeah, that's what that's what's going on at Superior Fence and Rail in one of their 70 or 80 fucking That's locations. in Jacksonville. They have a massive metal fabrication. In Jacksonville? So, yes, it's off the charts. It's like top secret, apparently. Really? Yeah. Well, now we know. But now we on the fence line. Sean, do you know the story about Zach Payton and Cannon Johnson? Oh wow! Oh wow! No, you don't know this. So no. Cannon, this was a couple years ago, decided he was going to be cool and ride around his yard on live with his phone and be like, "Yeah, so this is our yard, and we got you know chain link fabric here and chain link pipe here, yeah. and we got a uh, oh yeah. wood here." And Zach Payton commented, "You're not utilizing your space." <laughs> So Cannon, he's like, who's this fucking guy? And I'm like, I don't know. Right? So the next morning at like, you know, so it's. No, 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 no. So I wrote back to him and I said, uh, I don't know why, I said, but hey, if yours is so great. Why don't you just show yours? Why don't you go live at your place? Yeah, right, 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 right. So they're Eastern, I'd right? i to see your place. So he goes live at 7 a.m. his time, 6 a.m. our time. So, of course, you know, Cannon and I help, right? Yeah. And I get this, you know, Zach Payton is live in the Fence Professionals Network Facebook group. 
So I'm like, oh, that's that cat from yesterday. And I click on it, and Zach has a parking lot for his employees across the street, right? <laughs> so he's walking, and there's like, it looks like a fucking Walmart, right? So <laughs> the parking lot. Yeah, I'm over here in the employee parking lot, and my eyes get about this big, like, holy shit. So then he starts walking down the street. He's got a cantilever gate operator to enter his yard, and he's got like, 20 plus trucks and trailers. I don't know how they fit in the area they were in. They are jam packed nuts. To butt. <laughs> yeah. So then he pans to the right and he has three roll offs. So this roll off is for uh, our leftover aluminum. This roll off is our leftover chain link. This roll off is our leftover uh, vinyl. And this roll off is uh, our, our scrap wood. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ. Then he starts to pan and scan his aluminum and vinyl. You know how most people are like, hey, check this out. They pan left to right. Hit a pan up. Left to right and up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Cannon's text. So he's like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> You're about to know. Yeah, and we've been and we've been friends with Zach ever since. It's great. I love yeah. talking to him. He's a great guest. He's a great guy. The guy will answer the phone anytime you need him. And uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Funny, yeah, man, funny he story. You and I are cool, man. I like think about this. Zach Payton built a gate and thought it was cool. He said, "Who am I going to share this with?" And he shows us. Isn't that great? Do you realize that there's not that many people that thinks Dan Blonde's cool enough to send him a picture? So I'm, I'm like really honored. Man, what's going on? Like, man, wow, wow, look at that gate. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was just glad somebody talked to me. No. <laughs> anyway, man, um, where were we? We chased the rabbit there, right. huh? It's on yellow, right? It's a blue yellow. What? <laughs> I mean, I don't even have a color on the screen. You have blue, he has yellow. I thought I was blue. What right. I, what's the agenda? So Sean Sean and I had seen some of the back the back the back, uh, what we call it, behind the scenes, how, how this thing actually unfolds. And it's actually some work that's involved with this, guys. We actually don't just hit a button and get to talk to you. There's a lot of work. We hit a lot of buttons. I'm hitting a lot of buttons over here. Right now. So, Sean, is, we actually have a little script. Not really a script so much as, as it is a, a guideline. And he's like, wow, that's kind of cool. This is live. So, what's happening right now, I can see the camera. I can see Dan. I can see Sean. I can see all the comments. And I can also see... Um, a, a Google Doc that Dan and I have created, and he and I both look at the same thing uh, the entire show. I'm colored yellow. He's colored blue. He knows when it's his turn. I know when it's my turn. But it's not a script, necessarily. It's just a kind of a guideline. Hey, we got to hit all of these buttons, you know? So, Dan, to answer your question, we are now at the intro, and it's yellow. <laughs> That's my joke. Ready? Go with it. But is this the part where you say we're coming to you live from the Southwest Automated Security Studio. That's right. Hey, you're reading right. somewhere. No, I just remember. Hey guys, we're coming to you live tonight from the Southwest Automated Security Studio. Your one-stop shop for gate automation, access control, video surveillance, hardware, and more. And they're freaking fast, like Amazon Prime fast, like Jimmy John's Sneaky fast, like wow. <laughs> Were they sitting outside when I called? What happened? How did they get here so fast? Hey, guys, they got 19 locations. They're freaking worldwide. They're dominating, okay? Dominating. If you want some product and you want to answer, you want to go to Southwest. Don't wait for your quote. Don't, that's, that's old school. Call Southwest. Get a quote in minutes. And then yeah. get the product the next day. Visit southwestautomated.com. 
Yeah, yeah I need an intro like that. Yeah, so, That's legit. Can, so can, can, Sean, can Sean see the next thing on the list? So, <laughs> So the next thing on the on the list is play fucking hype music. I need a freaking intro like that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Usually this is where we read a review, but I'm a little unprepared, so I don't have a review. Your but I do know. I do know. I know. It, it's been a little crazy today. I had Benji with Clever Fox in my office all day. Um, we have an office next door that he uses when he comes in town. So I have been very, 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 very busy uh, dealing with him. Fence King shit and my fence life stuff. It's just been crazy. <laughs> I don't have a review, but I will tell you this. If I had a review, it would be really kick-ass and they would say how much they love fence life. And they would probably say that they like Dan more than they like Cannon. <laughs> I see what, Dan. Here's a, here's a review and a testament right here, buddy. Talk about yeah. the overwhelming response about the, the, the my fence hey. life flag. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so... Uh, last week we introduced. Um, we are doing the fence track uh, fence sign giveaway, and that's what the sign looks like. It literally looks like a license plate to go in the front of your uh, vehicle to say, "Hey, I'm down with the fence life," and that's why we're calling our listeners fence lifers. And uh, whoever gets one tattooed on their neck, we'll give them two signs. They get fence life or tattooed on their neck. Cannon made the decision. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry, Finch track. We'll be giving two signs to one person, but anyway, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so we, we announced this last week, go to myfencelife.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page. There's a contact us deal and you can pick, Hey, I want fence swag. And we had an overwhelming response to where I told Cannon, I'm like, dude, uh, I don't know if uh, we have enough swag to give away. So you better get in there because I might have to tell Benji to turn that thing off. Right, Cannon? That was a great review, Dan. It was. That's an awesome review. So anyway. <laughs> oh. I love that hype music. So tell me about your week, Cannon. Come on. Let's get this out the way. I'm ready to talk budget, bro. So yours truly, Sean King, Mr. Fence himself. He's at my place, okay? And, and what's crazy is I walk out the door here, and that's his place. So his place is literally parked at my place. He drives this freaking big old fat blue motorhome around the country. And this week, this week, that motorhome is sitting right outside that door. That's freaking cool. So, what are we doing here? So, Sean King has come to Jackson Fence this week to build fence. And we have built that crap out of some freaking fence. I mean, crap out of some fence. We have built a bunch of fence. They, we Y'all built threw some fence, fence up, bro. Uh, so, listen. Uh, we built, like, I don't know. I think we're at $58,000 right now uh, on the week. Three days. And we're tired. I'm tired. He said he's not tired. I think he's a little tired, but I'm tired. Machines okay. don't get tired. Robots. He's a robot, he says. <laughs> so, look, guys, we 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 have, uh, in all seriousness, we've been in the Mr. Fence Academy game for two years plus now, okay? In fact, it was, it was about two years ago first when Sean and I hooked up. I said, hey, Sean, I reached out to him via messenger, and he doesn't say this often, but I, I'm accredited with the whole Mr. Fence Academy thing. Like, I was the first one. 
Kind of, not really. Are you really? Maybe the second. <laughs> Who was first? I was, I was the one that he was Christy. like, damn, I think it. Christy. I think uh, but that's, Chris is like, this is like your second, third or fourth son. I mean, you got more son. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was that doesn't first. count. Family doesn't count. Cannon. Cannon, you were first. <laughs> Thank you, Nano. Thank you, Nano. Cannon, right, you were so, first. I remember, I, I remember when that happened. The one said, thing, go ahead. He said, I'm going to hit that guy, Sean King up. I'm going to inbox him. Oh, I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to inbox him. I'm like, man, don't do that shit. Sure enough. Cannon inboxing, and he's like, "I'm I, I'm going to be in the Miss Defense Academy." I'm like, "What? That's mine." <laughs> Am I right? Inbox song. There was not a Miss Defense Academy. It might have been in his head somewhere in there, but there was not one. I remember, I remember him telling me about that for the first time months later. Like, yeah, actually, uh, kind of crazy. He called me or inboxed me. Chris Gas <clears throat> was in town working with me on a job. Oh, that's right. I did Ghostmasters that day. And so Chris Gass was thinking about starting a fence business, found me, and then <laughs> drove up to meet with me and hang out with me for the week. And that was the same week that Cannon called me on the job side. I'm like, hold on a minute. I'll call this guy here. It was chasing down uh, tension bands. You were all pissed off that day because you, <laughs> the crews didn't have what they needed to. You're like, all I do every day is run around and get parts for these guys. I'm like, all right, we got to fix that. That's a problem. That's not normal. <laughs> that should not be the case. But look at Chris Gass now, huh? Killing it. Oh, my God, that boy. I know, man. I know. Kicking I, ass. I, I didn't remember exactly, but I do remember seeing Chris Gass on Facebook, on his Facebook. And, and I, I, I I sent him a message. And I said, hey, man, what do you do? Are you, like, trying to be Like, what is this? What is this, this guy from Louisiana? Why is he there? You know? And I actually do remember now, now that he says it's a sentiment thing, I do remember. I, I specifically remember driving down Highway 412 Ford Lexington, Tennessee, taking some silver galvanized uh, brace bands to a job site. And I I, I, did, I had forgot way about that, but yeah, I was pissed off. I said, damn, everything's going wrong, you know? And nobody uh, listening is probably driving this 412 highway, but um, you, you've got like a 20-minute span between Jackson and Lexington driving down 412. And that's when Sean King began to tell me about the uh, the remote control car. You got you to fix your business like an RC car. As I'm driving down the highway, I'm listening to this guy tell me, and he's like, you know, I, get out of the I, driver's seat and let someone else drive get out of the, the car. Seat. That's right. That's yeah. It. Right. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want to get out right now, but bro, I got to get to your brace band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyways, look, hey, uh, two years later, um, the business has completely changed, uh, and I'm grateful. I'm forever grateful for that. Um, and I'm just gonna throw in a plug here, like if you're looking to invest in your company and your team and your people. Like, there's nothing more valuable than having somebody come to you, okay? Uh, we, we have the option. Dan, we want to train people how to build vinyl fence. Specifically, that was kind of my target, vinyl fence, specifically. We also did some wood fences. We did some aluminum fences. We, we've had a well-rounded week. Tomorrow, we're going to do some chain link, uh, probably in a controlled environment, not a real job, you know? But we wanted those three things. And I could have sent people elsewhere and, and maybe paid a, a $1,000, $1,500, you know, per person, put them up in a hotel, flew them, drove them, fed them, hotel them, all this stuff, you know, or I can bring somebody here for like a third of the cost and we can do real jobs. We can do real freaking jobs that we sold that are in our environment, in our town, you know what I mean? And we can go knock them out. And so we've knocked out a crap ton of fences week and that really leverages against the, um, 
the investment. You know, so it makes the investment even more affordable. And we're getting mm-hmm. real freaking fancy. We're not put we're not putting a fence in that we're going to tear down tomorrow. Or hey, let's that hey, let's go let's build this fence from eight to four, and then from four to five, we're going to tear it down and put it back in the pallet. Like no, we're literally building fences that people paid for. And they have to like, you know what I mean? It's, it's real. And we're dealing you know? with anomalies, right? So every job <clears throat> so far is not in a controlled environment. We got demons in the ground. We got problems. We got homeowners yeah. coming out telling us they want mm-hmm. to get in this spot. This part, everything it happens every yeah. single day. We're dealing with it. And, you know, yesterday they, 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 thread, they thread the needle is what I call it, between a, a, a sewer manhole with a bunch of green paint. We never even run into green paint. But this job here is green paint. Man, what is green? I'm pulling out the 811 textbook, you know. And, oh, green, that's sewer. Oh, look at that manhole. They have a manhole in their backyard. That's crazy. And so we're threading this damn vinyl fence this way, this way around a cypress tree, and then this way. So, like, boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Some real stuff. Like, it's not just a... Hey, let's put three straight three straight sections in, and then let's take it down. It's not that. Like, we're threading the needle here today. Um, we thread the needle through like I don't know four or five different. Um, there's another cypress tree. I'm like, where's all these cypress trees coming from? There's another one today. Um, Dude, these cypress trees are some bitch, man. Who I know, you know all about them, probably. So I know all about them. Real, man. real deal stuff, man. So look, if you're if you're trying to grow your company and you. You, you think, hey, if these guys need some training, uh, there's no better way. Because Sean and I, we talked about this yesterday, too. This is not a show about Mr. Pence Academy and, and the training, but you know, this is what's going on this week here. And he's here. That's why he's here, right? But I can I can tell um, the guys that work here, man, first of all, they're freaking phenomenal. All right? I'm going to say that. And he already knows this. Yeah, the they're culture's off the charts. You've killed it. So, and look at them behind me here. All that blue behind us here. So, mm-hmm. I can tell them over and over and over, you know, and they'll listen to me. They respect me. They love me. But we joke around. I'm I'm probably, I'm not the typical boss. So I'm seeing that this week. I joke around with them. I laugh. I cut up. Like, we we literally joke. I was, I was staying there in tears today working with these guys. And they're funny. I'm like, man, I like these guys. Like, these, these are the kind of guys I want to hang out with. And, and they work for me. You know what I mean? Um, so, that's the relationship. It's real sticky sometimes, I guess. Um, but I can tell them over and over and over how to do something. And they don't really listen to me as well as they do somebody else. And Sean's like, well, it's just like your kids. You can tell your kids, hey, clean up the room, and they won't. But if if, 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 if somebody else shows up and says, hey, I need y'all to clean this mess up, I'll clean the mess up, you know? Yeah. And look, man, and, and you know, I know this isn't about Miss Defense Academy, but ever since I've gotten, you know, Ryan, we keep we calling Ryan the consultant. Ever since I've gotten him, man, I'm not, I'm not the, the guy in charge anymore, I feel like. You know, I, I saw I saw a um, a video or uh, something somewhere where Sean did a interview, maybe with my salesman, or maybe it was that that shyster guy. What's his name? Scott Andreessen or whatever. And Sean said in the video, he said, uh, <laughs> "That's just like we don't hold back." And and that yeah. rubs some people the wrong ways. But I, I call, it like, right, fucking, I call it like I fucking see it. All right. So anyway, um, Sean mentioned in that video, he said, "You know, when I ended up getting a consultant, I was like." Oh shit! It's Wednesday. I gotta get my shit together because Wednesday I got a meeting, and I don't want to show up that to that meeting without having what I'm supposed to have. Accountability coach. It's an accountability yeah. coach. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So, so um, now that I got Ron the consultant, like he's coming Monday, and I'm like, oh shit, I got a lot of work to do. So 
I got to get things right. done. But by having that done and having that person over me, it's it's almost like I don't run the show anymore. It's almost like he kind of runs the show, but I still run the show. And even though he's consulting, if I don't do what he says, then I know he might not be there next week because he fucking knows more than me. You know, so having somebody, you know, being a mentor, an accountability coach, a consultant is a really good thing for a business. A really good thing. The shitter's full. Nobody says, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What does that mean? Colby, Colby comes off some off the chain shit, man. He does, man. He's off the he's off the face. He does. But look, man, I want I want to get into. I gotta say one thing. One thing before we go. I got this nice Yeti yellow cup. It's a uh, a tumbler, and I would just like to say, Cannon, did you get a Christmas gift from uh, from Susan Worley? Yes, you should say yes. Oh, damn. I was hoping you were going to say no. So, as y'all know, I asked Cannon on one of our shows if he got a gift from Mr. Producer, and he was like, uh, like he didn't get one. So, I ended up getting this from Susan Worley from FAS. Thank you, Susan. I'm using it. But today, I turned it a little bit, and I turned the uh, her cup into a My Salesman cup, and I put a My Salesman sticker on it. So... Thank you, Susan, but I'm multi-purposing over here. I mean, it's yellow. How can I not put my salesman on it, right? That's right. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about our week. You talked about having Sean there. My week was pretty lame. Everything was normal until this afternoon. Uh, I put a third crew on the ground on the road. We've been a little slow, so I told Dylan, uh, who does, runs all my estimates, and Zach, who estimates all my jobs. I said, guess what, guys? Y'all building fence. And guess what them some bitches did? Built fence. No, they built some fence. They built some fence. But we got those new pingo bits for the beaver. Yeah. Yeah. Right through a sewer line. <laughs> yeah. So I told Dylan, I said, you know what? Did you, con- you, know what did you, con- did you concrete it in? I said, you know what that means, right? Uh, Dylan, I said you gotta you gotta bail that out and fix it. Dylan's like shit. <laughs> I didn't sign up for all that. So uh, we got right. a good friend of ours that's got a little repair company. He came out like seventy five bucks. He fixed it for us. Kept the guys kept Dylan and uh, Zach moving. It's almost worth paying him to do it. It was a decent little repair, but uh, that's how my uh, my week's been, man. So. Right. Anyway, let's get down to budgeting. I want to. I want to talk budget, Sean. Where do I start? I've never done a budget. Where do I start? At the top. You talk <laughs> about my pay? <laughs> no, really. Like, um, <laughs> well, I don't. I don't want to touch my paycheck. Wasn't was ready for that one. Uh, no, where do you start? Like, <clears throat> first, we need to figure out where we've been to understand where we need to go. Right. So. Our past history, our previous numbers are going to dictate or give us at least a great guess on where this ship is going. We can redirect or navigate, but we can't drastically change things overnight, right? So understand the trajectory that we're on. If we want to change that left or right, we need to know exactly what trajectory we're already currently going. Like, are we losing a lot of money? (laughs) Are we making a lot of money? And then figure out where we're going. So if I were to say... To start somewhere on a budget, you start with the overhead. 
and that's hard to understand for some people, is that the number one driver, I think, in any business, we're building a machine that just happens to build a fence. So the machine itself is what actually builds is the business. And the machine is your machine, whether it be Ford or Chevy, it's the overhead. I want you to understand the overhead is what dictates a lot of the difference between one and the other, right? So our pricing and our profits, everything starts with the overhead. That's the bill of the night. That's the stuff that we don't normally think about. It's not necessarily the material cost or labor cost, but what does it cost you to run the machine? Yeah. Every yeah. day, day in, day out, right? So what's where we start? And that's tough to figure out, I think, for some people that aren't currently tracking it. Well, when you start breaking down that overhead, because if you don't, if you haven't listened, go go listen to episode 13 of Ask Me About My Day with me and Nathan Downs. When you start digging into your overhead, you start finding a lot of fat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you start realizing, well, I really don't need that. Or why am I paying that? Or I didn't even know I, would, I was paying that. Well, I think there's also some times where you pay it, but you don't think in your head that it's an overhead cost. I don't know what you're thinking that it was, but if you paid any money at all for something that was not either profit or a direct cost on a job, right. it falls into overhead. You Here. pick up a case of water from the drugstore on the way to work, that's overhead. Right, right. And so I get to have these cool conversations with people all over the country that are driven to be business, you know, successful in business. And I hear, well, I don't have much overhead or I have no overhead. I hear this all and I have no overhead. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, that's right. funny. Right. That's funny. But so understanding your overhead is, I think, very, very important. I also believe understanding what the profit is you want to make is also something we need to budget for. Profit first is something we've heard multiple times. It's not uncommon to hear someone say profit first, but what does that really, really mean? That means we need to decide how much money we want to make. We're not in this business to be a non-for-profit. I mean, that's not intentional, right? We all want to make money. Right. So we need to start with how much money do you want to make? I oftentimes ask that question. People say, help me with the budget. Well, how much money do you want to make next year? As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I asked Ken that year one. And he's like, I want to make nine hundred thousand dollars. Like, okay, all right. What? How much money do you really want to make this year? <laughs> right. He's like eight hundred ninety thousand. <laughs> <laughs> right. like, let's break this down here, right? So, how much money do you really want to make in the year end? And then, what is it going to take? What machine do you have to build to generate enough income to generate enough profit to make what you want to make? Right? Reverse engineer it. I would like to interject real quick. Benji McKinney with CleverFox dot online. I know you're listening. Please take notes because I'm too busy paying attention to take notes. Okay. That's All right. Keep call. going. Okay. I got you. Um, so I'm going to give you four buckets. You guys, if you've not heard of this yet from me, here we go. Right. Four buckets. I, I like to quantify the business. The machine has four buckets that um, every dollar bill has to go into. So imagine every dollar that comes in your company, you're going to tear it up and put it into multiple buckets. Um, so one of the buckets is obviously profit. That's an important bucket, right? Very the other bucket is overhead. We just talked about that. And then the other bucket is material cost and labor. So I believe we can quantify it in the four lowest common denominator buckets. I mean, you can have more buckets if you want, but to simplify it, you have to have at least, I think, four. I don't think you can have eight necessarily. And as, and as, as we wrap the year up, we're also looking at the results. So 
Uh, I want to I want to help Sean kind of explain this, but the four buckets he's talking about: overhead, material, labor, profit. Now wait, is that labor indirect? Do you have two buckets for labor, indirect and direct labor? No, no. One labor. So if it's a direct cost to the homeowner, that's we're going to call that labor. Okay. Any indirect labor is going to be overhead because you can't quantify it exactly how much per job. But at yes. the end of the year, though, Dan, if you take your profit and loss statement, you're going to see the four buckets on there. Just kind of, they look, they don't look like buckets. Like words, right? You have to. You get, you get your, your top half is, is your, your cost of goods, which is your material and your labor in the same bucket. You get your expenses, all this other stuff in here. That's your overhead bucket. And at the very bottom of this last two, three lines, profit. Right. So there's four buckets, but two of them are for cost of goods and two of them are for basically profit and overhead, right? Or indirect cost. So, or gross margin. So for those of you guys following, the two buckets after cost of goods, is your gross margin? Gosh, I hate when people use the, the word gross profit. Gross profit to me is disgusting, and we shouldn't even use that word profit as a gross profit, right? So it should be gross margin. How much money was generated after cost of goods was done? There's only one profit that we care about in the world, and that is the net profit at the bottom line. Yes, gross profit. It should. I mean, I get I get guys that say, "Well, I'm making 45 percent profit." No, that's actually called gross margin. And right. somebody along the line, QuickBooks is one, quantifies it as gross profit, which is this. Yeah, 35% of that may be overhead. <laughs> right. So really, it's only yeah, 10, it's, yeah. it's awful, right? And so, you, you learn that real close. You, you learn that a lot when you start looking at a PL, that 45, when you look at that bottom line, you're like, wait a second, that 45 really isn't 45. It's. No. You know, no. it's six, I mean, it's eight, it's ten, it's whatever, whatever you're calling. Let you in a little secret. Most oh. of the net profits I see, true net profits after owner compensation, is like less than five. Okay. Good companies are ten. Fantastic yeah. companies are like pushing like towards twenty. Like pushing okay. towards like pushing. Really? I've seen some over fifteen. Yeah, I mean, really yeah, lean so. and mean, no overhead, hardly so like my, low overhead, low overhead. Um, so my tax attorney is like, hey, look, four to eight is average, mm -hmm. you know. Um, then he's like, you know, six to ten. You know, it, you know, I know that six to eight kind of overlaps a little bit, right? But six to ten is good. You start hitting fifteen plus, it's fantastic. We, it's it's doing fantastic. But then you got to look at the tax repercussion, and then that's so, right. So, so you got to think about the but, money you're going to receive as income or profit. What could you have done with that money? The same money, like you're going to take the money, the profit, and go buy something or a service of some sort. Could you have sent at that as an expense prior and saved? So, but that's a very delicate balance. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're coming into January, and I love January. Even though January is notorious for being slow because people are too busy spending time at grandma's house and, you know, all that bullshit, right? But January is my time to sit down. I literally sit down with my, my, my tax attorney. I sit down with my banker. I sit down with my CPA and I sit down with my insurance agent. And we find, which we search for that balance. And having your banker there is a big deal because your tax guy is trying to get you to pay less taxes. Mm -hmm. 
right? But then your your banker's like, well, hold on a second. If you don't pay any taxes, how are we going to give you a bigger mm-hmm. line of credit because you're not showing any profit, <laughs> right? That's a whole nother show. Right. And then, and, then, and, then you're, and then your CPA's sitting there going, well, you know, this and this. So when you get all four of those guys in the same room, magic happens because I'm like, hey, I want to do this. So my tax attorney and CPA is like, well, if you do that, then this and this is going to cost you this and this. And then you're going to end up with this. And then my banker's over there going, well, if you do that, then you're not going to show enough profit. And I might not be able to give you another 50000 on that line of credit that you're looking for this year, Dan. Mm-hmm. So let's rework this. And all four of those guys are working together and they come up with this magic equation. Now, does it work every year? No, but we sure to hell try and we get as close as we can. So that basically what you're doing is you're forecasting for the following year. <clears throat> you have th- four key people in your office and you're trying to plan what we want to make next year profit-wise, which is going to be a controlling factor in what you should be charging by job. Okay, so we re- bring this backwards. Our net profit that we want to make and our overhead that we have to pay, our material cost and our labor, is going to control the price that we are charging to our consumer. Oftentimes I get people say, how much should I be charging? Well, your my char my price is different than Canon's, even if we were in the same town building the same type of fence, because my machine is different. What I'm spending to run Mr. Fence. So getting a budget is not just uh, to give you a guideline of where you make your total net profit at the end of the year. It also gives you an, a great um Baseline of what you should be charging per job. I often, if you if you're too high price and you say everyone's beating me on price, I didn't get my price down lower. Change your overhead, build fence faster, yeah. buy fence, with you know, uh, reduce the cost of your materials, or reduce the cost of the money you want to get into the year. But you get to pick. But you have to design one of those. You change one of those. Your machine to change the price. You don't just get to discount the price. You discount the price. Oftentimes, people don't understand. You discount 20% or 10% discount. You have to do nearly 20% more work to even get back to where you started. And that's crazy. I was on the phone with a guy. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's. Canon's uh, mic is dead. Oh, that's because Canon muted it because he's letting you talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. I'm reading the comments. Yeah, Cannon made that comment. So Cannon was like, hey, I'm just going to mute myself because Sean's got a lot of stuff. All right, mess it all up. Anyway, so I was on the phone with a guy yesterday afternoon. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm thinking about doing, you know, a 150-foot offense. We'll we'll stay in it for half price. I'm like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. That's not what you want to do. You want to do, hey, if we do a 150-foot offense – uh, we're going to go ahead and give you a, we're going to upgrade you to a decorative gate. Don't give them a discount, give them an upgrade, right? And absolutely, there's, there's this guy that kind of, he's kind of in central United States that I learned that from. Not we're not, we're not going to mention his name, but he drives a big blue uh, RV. <laughs> you know, so, um, and he's like, oh, that, that that's a good idea. You know, and I said, or you could do something like, hey, you know, for every job you do this, we're going to go ahead and cap the oh, – look, it's – all right. He called himself out. It's Evan Gardner. He called me yesterday, and him and I were talking about it. And I said, look, man, just say, hey, we're going to go ahead and cap the front of your fence up to 50 foot for free. 
give them an upgrade or even yeah. charge hey for 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 50 more dollars we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh cap the front of your fence so an upgrade credit basically comes out let me see if i can i know we're getting off a of budget but yeah. we'll come back uh, what has all to do with budget right so well, Once yeah. we understand what our margin needs to be, we can reverse it. We call it a magic number that we we use to understand how our pricing should change throughout the year, right? So, but understanding the upgrade credits is how it works. If if you've got a bid out there and six thousand bucks and the competition's at five thousand dollars, and the homeowner says to you, "Well, you know, if you match their price at five thousand, I'll give you the job." If you match that price, you just devalued your product right. from six to five, right? You gave up $1,000. But really what they're telling you is I don't see enough value in your product yet. It's not oftentimes they want the lowest price. They're looking for the best value. This is what people really are driven for. They don't see enough value. So how do you increase value is you give them an upgrade credit. You say, you know what? I know they're $1,000 less than us. I'm going to give you a $1,000 upgrade credit to use. So you're going to pay me $6,000 for a $7,000 fence. Let's look at some options that we have for an upgrade credit, right? And it might be providing stain. It might be, hey, I'm going to give you five buckets or three buckets of stain towards this project <clears throat> or right. arch gate or caps from fence armor. Those things are great upgrade credits. <clears throat> and then think about this. If I give them a $1,000 upgrade credit and I'm at a 50% margin, how much does that really cost me? 500 bucks, mm -hmm. not a thousand. Right? Not a thousand. That's right. And I did not devalue product. I end up building a better fence. So, zero discounts, upgrade credits, whole different show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I told him, I said, Look, man, you get into a neighborhood, you got a brand new neighborhood, you're on the corner. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and cap the entire fence all the street sides of the fence for you. And we're going to go ahead and do that for you as an upgrade. You don't have to pay us for it. But look, don't tell your neighbors I did that because I'm going to charge them and they're going to pay for your capping. <laughs> and usually, usually I get the neighbor, the, the, I mean, the, the guy that's on the phone or the wife. Oh, I like that. I like that because they feel like they're getting over on their neighbor. Right? Right. No, I get it. Now, now you're on the corner. You've got a capped fence stained, right? And who, who are they going to call? It looks better and your name's on it, right? And they paid for it. So here's the thing. It's not, they might not go with you. But I guess what? You're going to get an opportunity to bid the job. You're going to get an opportunity to sell yourself, sell your business. It's like what Colby just said right there. Great thing. Educate people. Don't confuse cost with value. I'm guilty of this, man. I'll go to the grocery store. I'm that guy that goes to Sam's Club, and I'm looking at like five bags of shrimp, and I'm looking <laughs> at the cost per shrimp. And I'll spend like 10 more dollars on a bag because I'm going to save three cents per shrimp. I'm just calling like it is. I'm guilty of this. And I know I'm not the only one that's looking for the best value. I know I'm not. Can well, I? I? I need to have a talk with Heather. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Heather. <laughs> why am I even at Sam's Club, right? Like, why, right. Why, why are you with this guy? Three cents a shrimp. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Three cents difference, not purse room. All right, let's bring it back to the budgets. Guys want to hear budgets. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about budgets. budgets. All right, for real. Okay. The budget needs to follow a profit and loss statement form, okay? Something close to a profit and loss. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to project our profit and loss. We're trying to like magic ball. Think about this crystal ball. In December 31st, where do we end up at the end of the year? So we need to get we need a playbook. 
right? We need to create a playbook up front to get us to where we want to go, right? So when I, when I create a budget, I need to focus on the income, the income first, right? So we're going to focus on types of fence or projects that we build, and then what percentage of those types of projects are my total income. So for me, I'll give you an example. I think we're hovering about 55% of what we do is residential vinyl fence. Mm-hmm. You know. And then aluminum and then wood and chain link. This is the Ford that we do. Some guys might be doing commercial. They might be doing backstops. There's other things. Gate operators, those will fit in there. We're doing a shitload of vinyl. We do because we're good at it. And I really believe that you need to focus on what you're really good at and get even better at that. Become the best you can be at what you're good at rather than just spread yourself so thin and do a decent, you know, called jack of all trades is master of none. Yeah, I hate, better, I hate, better than I hate, a master of one. I don't know what the, that's something. I like hate that. to get off a subject, but we're uh, we're starting to do a good, better, best. Need gate operators? Need access control? Need video surveillance equipment? Southwest Automated Security is your one-stop shop. They're dedicated to being the nation's leader in service, customer relationships, and education. Click the link in the show notes to find an SAS near you. We, we did that for a while, um, and we struggled with too many options, right? So if we overcomplicate the sales process by giving the homeowner, uh, we got 22 different styles of fence, and each one of those is good, better, best, and we have five different colors of each one of those, then they get, like, froze. But uh, now we go to them and say, hey, we have aluminum fence and two colors, aluminum. black and black and three heights. <laughs> black and black and three heights. I'm talking about, like, aluminum. Hey, we got a good... We got a better, we got a best. I get it, I get it. But we want the best value, right? So what it's we, all we, we got rid of the good, better, best because they want best value. So the lowest, cheapest one is not the best value. And oftentimes the more expensive, higher grade one's not the best value either. For many, many years, we were focused on oh, uh, we were only gonna install the best fence. Well, not everybody wants the Maserati and the Ferrari and the Lamborghini. That's where I'm at, John. They don't want it. They want that one that's the best value. I'm telling you, more people want best value than they do. High. Don't get me wrong. There are people that have silly money to want best value. Don't get me wrong. And there's people that just need bottom dollar price. But if you're the guy that tried to hit all those all the time, I I couldn't figure out a way to be very successful at doing all three of those. I found it to be more successful to get offer best value and simplify to multiply. So we have less offering now than we've ever had. Matter of fact, we don't even really give a brochure anymore. No, no. We just <laughs> look at the, we could do white vinyl fence like we did your neighbor's house and went over there and we have it in white, uh, simplified and multiplied. But we're getting off subject again. So I'm sorry. Income is important at the top of your list. And, hey, for the record, my mic has been off and this has nothing to do with me. Dan always brings mm-hmm. cannon. Wait, wait, wait. It's off task. For the record, I have not hit record. That's fine. Yeah, that's really effed up. So, Benji, you're going to have to rip this audio off of... <laughs> I did not hit record. Complete shit show. Here we go. Shit show night. Hey, the hell with it. Hey, what's our time limit? We got, we're going to be done here in four minutes, you said? No. So, so, yeah, Kristen is taking us out to dinner. So, she is? So, I didn't know that. Yeah, so we just need to be out. By seven thirty, which is seven thirty six, so um, we can kick that to eight. I guess. Yeah, eight thirty. Eight thirty. All right, keep going. I'm not okay. I'm not oh. All right, here we go. No, <laughs> don't even know what they're talking about. I'm trying to talk about budgets here for a second, right? Forecast. 
Can is driving with his old lady, and Sean's still going to be talking. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Kenneth. Lord have mercy. He prior, to the sh- prior to the show, we had Sean and Cannon cheek to cheek talking to each other on the same mic. It was, I wish I could have got a screenshot of it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you'll buy drinks for all of us? All right, you're alive now. Good, good I can't now. believe I didn't hit record. Jesus right, Christ. Try that. Are you good now? Say hi. Yeah. All right, we got, we got Cannon back. All right. Wow. Focus. You guys, bring it down. Budget, budget, budget. You have sponsors on here that are you know, hoping that we could pull this off. Hey, think Let's how focus. much money you're going to save for your budget if y'all miss dinner tonight with, with Chris. Hey, hey, speaking of those speaking of those sponsors, because my mic could go out at any moment. Um, <laughs> look, man, hey, look, let's just, get, let's just get some thank yous. Hey, guys, look, if you're hanging gates, and you're, if you're in the fence business, you're hanging gates on the regular. You need some good stuff. You need D&D technology. Hey, guys, I tried today. We, we hung, how many gates? Seven? I think seven vinyl gates today. I saw that. D&D technologies, heavy-duty stainless steel hinges. I didn't know how heavy-duty they were. Bro, listen, I needed to make another hole. It's a long story. I, I could, swung on I the gate. Dude, those hinges, I know the hinges you're talking about. We use them. I couldn't drill a hole through it, bro. I couldn't get a hole through it. It's a stainless steel hinge for vinyl yeah. pits. Super freaking hard. I was like, wow, why? But thank you at the same time. Hey, guys, if you want a really a badass hinge, and they have badass hinges, like literally, I can say that. I'm not I'm not even like breaking any kind of code there. You know? Uh, D&D Technologies, hey, thank you for what you're doing out here. Making the industry better. Making gates last longer. That's what we need. Uh, we're a respectful trade and we appreciate that. Uh, Matt, yes, Kelsey, over at my salesman. Dan, let me see that glass again, brother. Dude, I took Susan K. Worley's tumbler she gave me. I saw it. Yeah, into I- a salesman cup. I'm like dual purposing. This is my way of saying, my salesman, get your shit together. Send us some tumblers with some better stickers hey, on look. it. This is, this is my way of saying, though, if you're tired of sending people out to house after house after house, all they got to do is call and we're coming. And nothing gets done because your salespeople are out all day long looking at jobs that they're never going to sell. Sean and I were working in a fence yesterday, and I looked up and I saw a fence from four years ago. I said, I quoted that fence four years ago, and guess what? They still never built it. How many fence companies went out there to look at the same fence? And today, four years later, nobody's touched it. My salesman can prevent that off the top. Think about today. Yeah, but think about this. Think about what my salesman does to your overhead. We're talking about budgeting, right? Think about the overhead that my salesman saves you. Could save from running all those appointments. Exactly. Think about right. that. That's that's just a little piece of the puzzle to the let's get the overhead as low as we can. So then that way we can still make our profit that we want to make, our gross profit, our gross margin profit, whatever you want to use. I know. I said no. I said your gross profit, your gross margin, profit, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever goddamn word Sean wants to use. But look, just think about what that's gonna do. 
to your fuel cost, to your man hour cost, right? It's a real thing. Yeah. It, it, it is. It really is, man. And it needs to be figured in. And my salesman helps you do that. It helps you lower your overhead so that way you can charge less for your job, but still make the margin you want to make. Or keep charging the same amount and make more money. Hey, Dad, Dad, saying, let's, John, John, don't let let's all this talk about, Let's talk about the next way to lower. We're not talking about lowering your overhead dollars. We're talking about lowering your overhead percentage. And to do that, you got to sell freaking fence. And nobody can help you sell more fence than CleverFox.online. Benjamin McKinney and his team, they've been the freaking best websites out there. That's my opinion. Sorry. But look, if you want to lower your overhead percentage, you got to freaking sell better fence. Clever Fox out online. They can help you pull that off. Dude, awesome. talking about uh, Clever Fox? Hey, guess what Benji brought me today? Did you see any blue in this? Huh? <laughs> You're not on there. Hey, this is the yellow. This is the yellow. Hey, it doesn't matter. Benji brought me all these Clever Fox pens. I like They're it. pretty dope in these little baggies. And I said, Benji, did you used to sell nah, cocaine? Man. Where do you get the baggies from? Exactly. I was like, Benji, did you used to sell cocaine? Should I be running my finger through these and getting the old teeth? <laughs> but look, he brought me a bag of these. And we're going to be sending them out with our... Uh, our swag gear, man. There we go. Hey, um, Dan, also, on top of that, building the pipeline and selling more fence, let's sell better fence. Let's sell fence track, guys. We know. We know for sure freaking wood posts rot. Why do we keep using them? Why? That's dumb. Hey, let's find an alternative that lasts. Let's find an alternative that doesn't work. Fence track is that solution. Frame your imagination. Do, do some custom cool stuff that nobody else is doing. In your area, call Fence Track. Get a quote today, FenceTrack.com. And one more, Dan, I love him. The number one name in Fence right now is freaking growing. Even this guy is, is, is in love with this company. Job Nimbus, making oh, yeah. us. Sean, Dan, all of us look like, like heroes. heroes. Job Nimbus is legit. Hey, hey, Sean, I, I got something to say real quick, though. Sean's on the right. Job Nimbus train. But Sean was drinking one night. You wonder how I knew he was drinking? Because <laughs> I made a post about Job Nimbus, and Sean went ham on me in, the, uh, in my messenger, Facebook messenger. And you were like, Job Nimbus, they don't have their shit together. They're not, they're not a full service. And now Sean's over there like, I love Job Nimbus. How long ago was that? I don't know. I'd have to look. Yeah, that was a little while back. They didn't quite have it together then. <laughs> it was great. I was like, dude, Sean is like going ham on me. I was talking to Cannon about Job Nimbus. Now you're all about it. I'm telling you, man. Well, the biggest thing about Job Nimbus that I've seen, Dan, uh-huh. isn't necessarily the software. It is the culture of the people behind that company. Ben's team is off the charts. So even if it's not dialed in perfect today, listen. It's going to be. They are the, oh my God, they got look, the best team put together to pull this off and give us an all-inclusive software that is fantastic. Sean, when I went to Salt Lake City, I was like, oh my God. I thought, I thought Matt Warner had culture. Jesus Christ. I didn't want to leave. I was like, hey, oh, yeah. bro, I think I'm going to stay another day. <laughs> you if know? nothing else, you can follow Job Nimbus just for culture. Like, 
we got to spend a few days with him and that blew my mind. Like, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing right now. Props to job members on building the team and building the culture. I love it. <laughs> I just saw Chris Steele's comment. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting nowhere tonight. This is so horrible. Chris, all I got to say is, man, we all live, we all learn, and we're not all perfect. See? And thanks to Chris and Sean and some other guys, man. You know, people, you know, people might look at like Chris Gass and say, hey, he's new to the game. But look, Chris was like, hey, man, we need to do ASTM. And I'm like, this guy doesn't even have a business yet. He's talking about ASTM, you know. And uh, yeah, I got on the ASTM bandwagon and I'm really glad I did. Yeah, that's so, awesome. I, thank I, you, man, thank I you remember, for bringing that up, Chris. Thank you a lot. I really I, appreciate you. I remember the day Dan Dan said A S T M K I S S my ass. I said, "Damn, Dan, that was kind of funny." <laughs> Y'all know what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm deleting Chris's contact out of my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Dan. Listen, my mic is back on, and we gotta get this shit on the road, bro. Look, we're talking about budget, okay? Budget. So I'm trying to talk to about, talk about the four buckets. You guys are all over the place talking about discounts and credits and selling more fence and giving three, four, five, seven. I don't care how many options you, you give. What's the budget look like? <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say anymore. Stain and steel experts. 19 flavors. We talked about knowing your numbers. We talked about the budget. Let's talk about this. Like Seriously, this is what I, I – I'm intrigued about this piece right here, okay? A lot of people, I see it all the time, and I know he sees it 12 times more than me, 15, 30 times more than me. People will say, hey, my overhead is this, $300,000. Come to find out it's really four fifty because they left off all this stuff, right? But nonetheless, they take that number. Let's say it's $500,000. They take 500000 They say my overhead, that's too much. Let's say two fifty. Let's say my overhead is $250,000. And then they, the next thing they do, Dan, is they say, they, well, I'm going to figure out what my daily overhead is. And there's no such thing, okay? And I want Sean to talk about that. But they'll say, well, we got 52 weeks in a year, right? And then they'll say, well, what's $250,000 of my overhead divided by 52? Well, that's 4807. That ain't right, is it? Is that right? Hey, did you did you see that? Did you see that? Do it again. See what? This right here. Yeah. Cannon's talking about me because that used to be me. Yeah, <clears throat> and look, man, I lived and learned. And I'm like, hey. they take that number and they divide it by five, and they're like, all right, so look, my daily overhead is thousand dollars, right? Right. Mute yourself, Sean. Yeah, I, hey, I've been, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, you know. All right, so Sean, explain to us why you can't have a freaking daily overhead. That doesn't make sense, and why a daily overhead every freaking December, January, February, you're gonna lose. Well, because there's two types of overheads. There's a variable and a fixed. Unfortunately, they both go back in the same bucket, right? So it's a moving target. It's not exact science. You can't take your entire total overhead and divide it by 52 weeks or divide it by 251 working days. Stuff happens. And so, therefore, the overhead moves a little bit. Plus, we are in a seasonal business. And overhead costs can be fixed, your rent can be fixed. But some costs, like your fuel costs, can change drastically from one month to the next, depending on how much work you actually do. It is an overhead cost. It is it is influenced by the by the 
total amount of work you do. And there's a lot of it overhead pieces that are influenced, right? Your work comp. Your work comp is relative to the number of hours you work, right? And if we're in a seasonal business, that's going to fluctuate. So we need to get smart about overhead. We need to get smart about our prices and understand throughout the year what our revenue goals need to be to, to overcome the overhead net for that nut for that month and profit. So if you just take the entire year and divide it out, you know, you might win some, but you're going to lose a lot, right? So we look at the income bucket at the top, where are our total incomes coming from, right? 100% of income, 55% of ours was vinyl, for instance. You break it down, you got to have 100% to equal that bucket. Then we use historical data to figure out in the month of January, compared to the month of February, compared to the month of March, we have 12 months. 12 months equals 100% of my total revenue. Well, unfortunately, it's not an even Steven across the board. Every single month, you do the same revenue. We're seasonal. So some months, for instance, we might do 3.5% of our total revenue, and some months we might do 10% on average of our total revenue. Our overhead may, <clears throat> our overhead would change every single month based on the volume of work that we do. It's nothing to do with overhead, it nothing to do with labor or materials. So we create a budget and forecast every single month for next year based upon the total revenue on average that we have done in those said months and then plug in our overhead known costs for those months. And then the overhead variable costs, we use a calculation based on the 3.5%, the 6.7%, the 10%, whatever it is. You can <clears throat> take your total yearly uh, fuel cost, for instance, and if you normally do 10% of your total revenue in July, then 10% of your total fuel bill, fuel, fuel bill for the year should be in July, right? To budget that piece, right? If you do this, you're getting pretty smart about it. And you do this for every single chart of accounts on your P&L, in your QuickBooks, everything, everything from job members, from fuel to uh, your insurance, um, right. t-shirts you buy, the trade shows you go to, all of that stuff gets forecasted out. So you understand that maybe in March, you might have two trade shows you do, <clears throat> but low income. Like you maybe you don't really start selling fence until April. March, April, May. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure I'm right. So because beforehand, so you might be spending more money, but it's nice to know the months that you're going to be negative. That might happen. It's not It's not uncommon for us to run a negative for a few months in a, in a slow months and then exponentially make that back up. We need to know, for, we need to plan for that. Mm-hmm. And if it's planned, if it's planned, it's okay. Put it in the budget, as we say all the time, right? So once you create this budget with income based upon your average monthly mm, seasonal cycle, let's say, and we have our overhead expense, we just talked about that, put everything in there. If you think you're going to get an additional lease of van, you think you're going to do a complete overhaul on your Bobcat, you need to put that in the budget for the for the year, right? You think you're going to do two two shows? Maybe you're going to hire an extra shop guy, salesperson. You put that in the budget, and that budget's going to tell you what your total revenue needs to be, and then your total monthly goals need to be um, below that. So, <clears throat> between the income and the overhead is your cost of goods, and that's your labor and your materials. We can use previous years to understand that our materials cost has been on average 42%, 45%, 46 I don't know. And whatever your average labor cost is. Makes sense plus subs. I like, I like this comment by Colby Beerman. 
you're really gonna really gonna enjoy this, uh, Sean. Shannon, your method for using actual workable days and a four day work week, basically scheduled weeks, is as smart as hell. And it's something he'll be implementing. Cannon, I'm so glad you came up with the four day work week. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't come up with four weeks. Right I, I didn't come oh, up with man. it. Look, um, what you say, Cannon, your method for using actual workable days and the four day scheduled weeks is smart as hell. So, y'all knows this. When, when he and I started working together two years ago, he's like, hey, we do four days. I suggest you do the same. And like we freaking immediately went to four days, like, and that's that's part of the, that's part of the growth plan. Um, God, we're trying not to fail, Mister Mister Academy here. But listen, if if you're gonna get in, you, you got to get all the way in. And it's like, yeah. I yeah. I remember the first the first step. Hey, two years ago, uh, hey, you know, let's call it what it is. Hey, you're not paying those guys correctly. Okay, those guys can't be on a salary because of what they do. You need to change that. Okay, I'll change it Monday morning. You know, and we did. And and also, hey, I think if you're gonna grow, you need to go to four days a week. Well, damn, that's so we're gonna work less. Yes, but you'll grow. Okay, whatever you know. Dude, I, I remember. I remember when you were going through this. Sean would be telling you stuff, and you would be calling me like, "I I I just don't." Know. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, this guy's telling me to fucking do this, and I'm like, "Okay." And Sean's like, and then and uh, Ken is like, "I'm just gonna do it." I'm like, all right, bro. Let me know how it goes. So can I live with Cannon through this? I told you, bro. <laughs> and then Cannon would be like, I told you, bro. It was gonna work. And I'm like, uh, you wasn't saying that four months ago. Four months ago, you were saying, I was worried. This guy wants me to do this. I don't know what I should do. <laughs> and I'm, I have to, I have to pay payroll taxes, man. Like, we're, we're, <laughs> it was a great time, man. Every, it was really every, one, one less day to work every week. Oh my so you want work less? We're working four days in five. It is better work, you know. Anyways, you know, really, you know. And and everybody's rested up because they all have three day weekends. Usually, not always. Usually, if if they reach their production goal, right? Well, if there's yeah. no rain or anything like that, too. Right, right. But 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 where does that fit into the budget conversation? Well, it fits in this way because we're making this budget, right? And the problem that I was having, I didn't have a lot of people, but that fifth day, every fifth day by like 1130 in the morning, everybody's on overtime, you know? And Sean, I remember he said like, look, when you sell these jobs, first of all, you sell them horribly, okay? You're horribly. <laughs> but when you sell these jobs, you know, even though you're you, like, even though it doesn't make sense the way you're doing it, I know where your head's at and you're thinking about what these guys are getting paid. But what happens is they get in the Friday and they're doing this stuff and they're getting paid time and a half and your work comp is getting billed at a higher rate and your uh, general liability is higher rate and you're, you're making less money because you're it at a nine overtime rate. And he said you would be better off just not working rather than paying all those overtime and extra fees to try to get another job done. You're chasing your tail trying to get all this stuff done. And it's like, well, damn. So you're saying I can work. Like, that's where all this stuff comes. But then we start writing this on paper. And it's like, well, let me tell you. Let me show you how. You know, I hear what you're saying. It doesn't make sense. It's unorthodox. Work less. Make more. But let's really break it down. You know, and that's where it started. Typically, I find guys that work overtime on Friday actually 
Thursday, they are at a net zero because they're making up for Friday. So they make money Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, you work Friday. So all the money you made on Thursday paid for Friday. So like, doesn't work. It, it doesn't work unless you have massive amounts of work and people are paying a premium for it. It's hard to do that with a economy where the people are price bidding back and forth and you don't have the ability to charge 1.5% your labor cost. Look, guys, this has been a great show, but I just emptied another one. So, Are you serious right now? Yeah, bro. I'm going to have to pepper. pepper. I two beers. Come get daddy. Oh, yeah, two beers. I'm ready to get home. I okay. can't do that. Let's stay focused. Uh, Tracy's asking, will we cover it? Yeah. Yes, Tracy, we will. All this will be in like serious detail. Don't sweat it. You're, you're good. Yeah. It's actually an entire night planned. <laughs> it's Wednesday night. We're going to spend like four or five hours creating budgets for everybody. And this, this is the coolest night of the whole retreat. There's people everywhere with laptops hanging out and people running around helping everybody build a budget at the same time. It's pretty cool. It's really magical, almost. And everybody's just light bulbs. Like, wow, wow, wow. Oh, wow, 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 wow. So, yeah, Tracy, this will be covered at the retreat. Bring as much information as you can. Start working today to make sure the information that you come. Because like Sean said earlier, if if, if the, 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 you know, last, if this year, if, if the, the history doesn't, isn't accurate, it's hard to, hard to forecast the next one. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and if if, if your PL is broken, I would say, hey, bring off the last four or five months bank statements. So like, let's have something to start with. You know what I mean? And don't just come empty-handed. Sure, but but even if you're not there, just to create a budget. Create, go get last. Sold out. Is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's sold out. So get as much information as you can from previous years. And, and I think Colby was asking here, like, what happens if you're a new company and I don't have. 10 years of profit and loss statements to get this data from. You got to work with what you got, right? So if you have one year, we're going to start with that. If you know some people in the industry, you can ask them on some percentages. That's what you're really worried about. Like what is the average percentage for advertising and branding, right? There's actually a range for that. What's your average fuel bill? You're going to find there's an average range for that, right? So reach out to some of these guys in the industry that you trust. They'll give you some average numbers and plug those in. You got to start somewhere, okay? And then you get smarter as you go through the process. But start with the budget and do the best you can. Here's the other thing to think about. Even if you're wrong with the percentages you're plugging in, the fact that you're having a conversation and you're actually looking at those numbers, you're going to get smarter just inherently by doing that alone. Whether or not you actually plug in the perfect budgeted number percentages, you're taking the time to look at those numbers so you're becoming more educated about your machine you're building by dissecting that. So by default, just doing a budget in general is going to educate you more on what your business is doing, right? Whether or not you get it perfect, that's, that's like almost secondary. First is just to start studying your business and all those numbers. Before I had the fancy Excel sheet that uh, Dan was talking about earlier, we've been working with for like 10, 12 years, I literally used a notebook. And every page of that notebook, I would write down total revenue. Okay, if I'm going to do that total revenue, I'm going to need this number of guys, this number of trucks. I'm going to need this, this, this overhead. I'm going to spend average of 40 whatever percent is materials. And I would draw this stuff out by hand and literally flip the page and say, okay, what if I did 1.2 million? Okay, what if I did 1.4 million? How much would that take? What if I did 1.5? What I find is this, uh, this is related to budgets, but as we grow, 
what happens is your lineal growth in revenue per year is not uh, even, Stephen, to your growth in overhead. In other words, what I'm trying to say is as you grow revenue, you pers- at some point you start to redline your overhead. In other words, you're doing as much revenue as you possibly can with that much resources available, the building, the trucks, the team members, the salespeople, whatever. And eventually you got to reinvest and it's like, I need another sales truck or I need a bigger location or I need X, Y, Z. So your overhead cost goes up. And as it goes up, your revenue hasn't increased just yet, but you built a resource big enough. You built a resource that's capable of more revenue. So that you're under, you're under it at that point, right? And then you start building revenue, revenue, revenue. And pretty soon you max out that machine. You got to make a decision. I need more people, more trucks. I need more training. I need more equipment. I need whatever it is, better buying power to make the next move again, overhead related. And we move it again. There's a sweet spot in here where we make good money, right? Down below, we're overhead heavy. All right, so we got to do some more revenue. Pretty soon you get to the point where you don't have enough overhead, enough structure. You're running red line. You're going to break somewhere. There's a sweet spot right there in the middle where you make good money. We have to plan that growth so that we understand, hey, let's take a breather right here, maybe for a year. Let's make some good money. Let's plan our growth. Let's plan our next step because I'm going to take red line to here and then I'm going to make a jump in revenue. Remember, big location, five super tr- fencer trucks. I don't know what we're going to do, right? But pretty soon you're overhead heavy. You got five people in the office. You don't quite need five, but where you're going, you're going to need five. So to grow the income, you got to build the overhead first, unfortunately. So you're kind of behind the eight ball. And then you make this money. But oftentimes what happens is guys start growing too fast and they run right past that sweet spot. They go from too much overhead, not enough income. And then they build this machine. They go right up to the red line, okay, where things start to break. You don't have enough guys. You don't have enough equipment. You're working as hard as you possibly can. Now you do five-day work, work weeks because you don't have enough people to do four-day work weeks. So you're paying 1.5% more on material or labor. Maybe you're not buying right because you're not planning your purchasing because you're just like chaos. Then you lose money again. We skip over the sweet spot where we make money. When we make money is when we have money to grow. So planned growth with plenty of income is how we grow. Otherwise, we got to go leverage and go get loans to grow to get to the next level. But if we can just sit there, plan this out and sit there for a minute, does that make sense? It does. And and in the simplest terms, um, this happens first. I mean, usually usually a, a, a person might start a fence company and he's the fence builder, he's the he's the salesperson, he's the office, he answers all of it. And it's one guy and he has a person helping him. And that's the business. So in simplest terms, when when that person has built up enough going, 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 and he might even, you know, as he's selling these fences and buildings, he might even be able to sell enough and work enough that he gets another free counter going because the guy that started with him, he's like, hey, I'm going to put you on truck too. And then I'm going to get you a guy and I'm going to get me a guy, you know, and then going, going, going. And then, but at some point, he's like, man, I, I can't sell all the fences and build the fences. At some point, I got to replace myself somewhere, either here or there. Normally, you replace yourself with two people to do 70% of what you do, right? So when you do that, now, all of a sudden, you're behind for a little bit until they get rocking and rolling again. But that's the plan is to figure out how to simplify, to multiply, multiply that. So oftentimes, well, I don't want to find someone to replace me at 100%. I want to find somebody that can do 70% of what I do. And then two of them, now I'm doing 140%. That's how we grow, okay? You're not going to find another Cannon Johnson. You're not going to find another Sean King in your company. Oftentimes, that's not the case. And so we struggle to not find that person. We don't hire them because they're not a Cannon. We don't realize that maybe we need 
two cannons, two seventies, right? Two eighties, two sixties still equals better than hundred, right? But we got a plant that goes back to overhead. We have to forecast this in the plan and understand that, okay, I'm not going to be able to hire a cannon to work for what you work for $30,000 a year. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that and find a hundred. I'm going to need to hire two people. They're going to cost me $60,000. I don't know what it is and put it in the budget, understand that they're going to do better than you by yourself. But we got to budget that. And that's the cool part is we start with a budget, known budget. What did it cost us to do business last year? I want to grow or maintain and make money this year. If you're going to maintain and make money, maybe you don't, I'm not going to plug anything new in there. If you're going to maintain and make money, you're going to be focusing on trying to become more lean, which means look at every piece of overhead you have, everything, and dissect that and say, do we need that this year? I'm not growing. Do I need X, Y, Z? And so you'll make the most money. Your business will make the most money when you're you're stretching that overhead as far as possible. But the problem with that is it's not sustainable. It'll break. Stuff, 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 stuff tears up. The, I mean, literally, like the truck breaks. The little beavers break. The people quit. They walk off. They're freaking burnt out. Well, you it's know? stress. You create too much stress across the board. That's really what happens. It's not the things break. What's... <clears throat> there's a saying I've been saying a lot lately, which is less stress, more finesse. And it's not just for installing fence. That really is for the business. We operate better when we're calm, cool, and collected and organized. When we're stressed out, we make silly decisions sometimes. And so when you're asking your team to go as hard as they possibly can, sell as much fence as they possibly can, as a, answer as many phone calls as they possibly can, and emails, they make mistakes. And those mistakes compound and pump it, they snowball. Um, but if we have enough manpower that we can do all of that and be like lazy and still but get all the appointments and answer all the calls. And then we're overhead heavy, right? So there's that sweet spot is what I'm trying to say. That right in there where you're not pull, stretching the rubber band so tight. Imagine driving your car down the road at 55 miles an hour or 120. Unless you're driving a Maserati at 120, most vehicles are going to break down crash, right? At 55, you're at the best fuel economy. You're going to cruise all day long. And you're going to get there maybe a little bit slower than you would have at 120. Dan's back. Sorry, guys. Can y'all hear me? Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Loud and clear. Oh, I don't hey, do, do the thing. Do the, do the thing. Tap it. No. I hear it. I had to add it here. I hear it. You heard it, Sean? <laughs> I got you. What does Kobe want us to put that on a shirt? Oh, less stress, more finesse. Kobe, you already put it on my. You already took it and put it on a shirt. Why did everybody have a belly button? Yeah, why, why did everybody have belly button? I don't know. Less stress. You saw it, did you? It's like way down here. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Chris Steele said every USC fighter takes a break in the fight. Yes, so absolutely. Like you, you, you can't maintain massive growth every single year. And I think this has a lot to do with why guys crash is that they're doing that. We need to plan growth. And it, hey, Dan said this earlier. Your bank wants you to make as much money as possible. And if, if you're going to try to leverage and get some income or loans to rate to uh, grow, and you don't want to pay maximum taxes, right? So you want to be what's fair. So that's a cycle. I call it a cycle. So for us, we we win some years, make some good money, and then I do everything I can to expense and make it not as much of a win. Go through that cycle. I'll make the bank happy. I'll make me happy. Make the bank happy. Make me happy. <laughs> but eventually all that all that gets up. I mean, like the whole the whole uh well, let's 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 appreciate, let's appreciate, let's appreciate. Eventually that all gets up, right? 
Well, well, by that point, you're you're a freaking millionaire, and that's how we'll pay I mean, Josh did bring up a good point in here. <laughs> if you look at the comments, Josh Glover said earlier, I didn't say anything about it, but he's right, in that you can put depreciation back in there for the bank. Absolutely. The bank wants to look at that. Depreciation saves us taxes. But the bank doesn't necessarily right. consider that right that way, and they look at that as, as profits. He's right. Um, depending on how you handle your depreciation, I'm a big fan of uh, expensing things and less depreciation because some of the goods that we, some of the assets that we like to depreciate put on our balance sheet really aren't worth anything at the end of the day anyway. You know what's great? You know what's great about having your banker there? He's like, hey, I wouldn't suggest appreciating that. I would suggest doing this. Or I would. So having his input in that meeting is a big fucking deal. Big deal. Yeah. You know, really is. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've had him interject and we've rerouted and decided to go a different route and made changes to where everybody at the table is happy because your banker's pretty, pretty freaking important, right? And by he is your salesman to the bank. He's not the bank. He's the guy who goes to the bank and says, hey, I know this guy. This is what he's doing. This is what's going on. And he convinces them. It's just like me calling Master Halco going, hey, I need, I need a credit line increase. And they call up corporate and say, hey, look, this guy pays his bills on time. Whenever I call him and say, hey, it's time to pay your bill, he pays. No problem. Okay, yeah, give him another five. Give him another 10. Give him another 15,000. Basically, that banker is your voice, right? So the banker yeah. that I have right now, I've had for, for 18 years, maybe 20. I could be off on that. Time flies. But she's moved three banks, and I have moved three banks. Because what I've learned is that it's really – they don't care what Sean King says. I can go in and ask for a loan, ask for money, ask for whatever it is. They don't give two shits. What they care about is what Christy says. So Christy goes into the loan right. committee meeting. And Christy is my spokesperson. She knows me inside and out. She knows who I am. She knows how I operate. Whether or not the numbers justify what I'm asking for, there's a part of the puzzle that is the person, okay? Sean King. Right. She tells the story. I don't get to be there in the loan committee. Christy is the person that has the spokesperson for me. That's my banker. She's your salesperson, man. Look at Chris. 100%. I remember Chris went to the bank and he took this big ass spreadsheet that he printed out. Remember that? Do you remember that? Spreadsheet we talking about here. Is this yeah. the, 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 the one and we're talking about? Yeah. But he took a spreadsheet and he printed it out. And it was like, went like halfway across the office. And the banker was like, oh my God, I've never seen this. But you know what happened? That banker, I'm assuming that is his banker. Yep. From now on knows, hey, I know Chris, when he says, hey, we're doing this, we're projecting this, this is what we see. Well, that was a budget. Right. I mean, he, he took our budget in there, which is a budget. Take the budget to your bank. It's why it's so important. You're given a, the playbook for the entire year. Like, this is my plan. Yeah. I have everything figured out down to the penny. Now, it's not always going to be perfect. You'll get smaller every single year, but you started with a play. The bank wants to see that. Right. And what happened? Chris got the loan. He got what he needed. Life was good. He kept on trucking and he's growing. So you need to be friends with your banker, man. It's it's important. And you need to have them there in those meetings to make sure that all the other people are on the same page as the banker. And guess what? The banker is on the same page as your CPA and your tax guy. That's just my opinion. 
For what it's worth, right? Yeah. Damn, Sean. That's what you're supposed to say. Fucking right, Dan. You're right. Rah, I rah, do rah. agree with you, Dan. 100%. 100%. There's no TV. You're right. Um, let's, let's, go, let's go back to the budget. People on here waiting to hear about the budget. We got the income. We got the overhead. Right? right? Those We talked about where the income's coming from. And then cost of goods comes out of that, which is our material labor. And then our overhead comes out of that and leftover profit. Here's what's interesting is that once you build this budget for the year, you're going to have an average cost of goods percentage. And this is what's really special. Once you know what your average cost of goods percentage is of your total revenue, that's materials and labor. When you add those two percentages up of the total revenue out of the four buckets, then what you can do to bid a project, you take your known cost, let's say it's $1,000 of material and you're going to build it in one day and it's $500 in labor, direct cost, like actual cost of labor, okay? That's 1500 bucks. If your cost of goods is 50% of your total revenue in your budget, you can take $1,500 and divide it by 0.5 and know for sure that you sold that job at the right revenue, Okay. That meets your budget that puts you on track to make the profit you want to at the end of the year. Whether or not so-and-so down the street beats your price or you're under their price, doesn't matter. This is your known cost of goods, a comparison to what your known percentage of cost of goods is in your budget, labor as well, and reverse engineer that backwards. We call it the magic number. We have guys that are using that to bid their projects because they're getting really smart, and it changes throughout the year. Um, as you build that budget, as you become more efficient, as you buy differently, that cost of goods percentage. Percentages are what's so important here, right? That's what's so important. You're right. And then you got somebody like Josh Glover in the uh, comments. How often are your main categories on your budget within 1% of your projected? So Josh knows this because he's, he's, he's seen my budgets. And I blow my accountant away. And at the end of the year, we've had certain chart of accounts that are off like two or three dollars. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent at the end of the year we're off a couple bucks, right? Really? Not always the case. Sometimes we're off way off. Like shit happens, right? Well we didn't right. see that coming. But it's amazing how accurate averages can be. And that's what Josh is talking about, right? So predicting where you're gonna go based on the past and then knowing that, oh, you know what, I've only spent five hundred bucks to maintain that skid hair for the last three years. But I know this year that thing is going to need a major overhaul and probably a complete undercarriage. That's going to cost me fifteen grand. So put the fifteen grand plus the five hundred you normally spend fifteen five in the budget, and now we have that planned that we know that's going to happen. And when it does, we're not caught with our pants down. There you go, hey, look, <laughs> hey guys. All I got to say is this: if you're at an AFA event, if you're somewhere where Josh Glover is, you need to go rub elbows with him, and he will. Blow your mind with some of the stuff he says, man. He is a wealth of knowledge. Nothing against Sean. Sean's a wealth of knowledge too, but Josh is another player in the industry that really knows his shit, you know? Yeah. Hey, Dan, um, I just, I just, we got to wrap this up soon. Uh, real, I'm trying to tell it in a clever way, but hey, my wife's outside the door waiting on us. Um, and so that's, <laughs> that's about as clever as it gets. That's real. Um, but look, so, in a nutshell, the budget talk can go on for a long time, guys. I mean, that's, that's real. Um, we we talked about that. There's four buckets. Like if 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 you sell one job, that's a hundred percent. 
If you sell 100 jobs over the course of a year, that's 100%, okay? We talked about materials and labor. That's, that's, that's some of those percents. Um, a lot of times, that's, that's, you know, 60, 65, you know, 55% of the whole thing. That's, that's four buckets. You take that one big bucket of 100% and you start pouring them into these different buckets, right? Get the materials and labor. We call that on our P&L the cost of goods. It looks a little bit different, but same thing, right? And then we get down to expenses. It looks a little different there, too, but it's overhead. That's what it is, all right? So we start pouring whatever is left of that 100% that we haven't poured into these two. So we might have 40, 35% left is pour that in to that bucket. And then whatever's left in this bucket is getting lighter, whether it's 5%, 7%, 10%, we pour into the profit, okay? And it's that simple. But the, 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 the reality of it is, is everything matters, okay? And Sean said it earlier. He said, hey, look, good companies are going to run at a 10%. Growing companies might run a little less. More established companies who have figured out how to be real lean, they might be the highest, okay? But think about that. When somebody says, hey, I want a discount on my fence, when you say, hey, 10%, think about at the end of the day, if you discount somebody 10%, you literally did the job for free. Because that might have been your only freaking profit on the whole job. Not your gross, gross. Not, not, that's not what we're talking about. Don't say gross profit. About, not, <laughs> <laughs> Look, Sean. Not your gross I'm, margin. But, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in Monday.com right now, which we use for Benji. I'm going to put you down for February 1st. It's a Wednesday. We're going to continue the budget conversation. Okay? You got to be here. Cause look, I know Kristen. I know her. She's about to bust that goddamn door down and kick some yeah, ass. She's coming in in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Kristen. I met her. I know her. I've had conversations with her. Uh, I'm glad I'm not canon. Okay, so February first, 2023, we're going to continue this budget talk because why? We've got uh, Joe Evers and Dan Will are scheduled next week. We're going to have the uh, the influencers, influencers of the industry talking about what happened during the year and what we think is going to happen next year. And then after that, we got Michael Davis. We're going to be talking uh, fencing, staining, and fabrication because Mike – got a baby on the way. I know. He does, man. He does. He, uh, he, is, he is moving – he moved from fencing to staining – and he's all in on fabrication. I want to hear what he's got to say. And then guess what? We Then we got Tony Thornton. What's to come for Thornton Fence Consulting Group, right? Then after that, we got Kevin Nelson out of – he's in Florida somewhere. He's around uh, Josh somewhere. And uh, we're going to have him on. And I think we're going to have an MFL QA that day where me, Cannon, and him – we're just talking about what we think about what's going on. And then we got Sam Williams coming on with, uh, who's he, the FA president, right? You said, who is he? <laughs> Come on. I've been drinking. That might be the title of the show, Dan. You're going to ask me that night. What we're going to call the show? Who is Sam Williams? Yeah. That? <laughs> Sam Williams. That's going to be the name of the show. Who, who the hell is Sam Williams? He's going to be talking right. since tech on January 25th. Why? because we're going to be just a couple of weeks from fence tech. And then we're going to have Sean King back on February 1st, continuing his talks on budgeting. So we got a lot scheduled for the next couple months, man. A lot. So thank you, Sean. We appreciate you for tonight. You guys are welcome. A lot of great info. I'll be listening to this again and thinking to myself, God, I can't believe I said that. 
and uh, life's going to be good, right? I love it. Let's go get some food. <laughs> yeah, tell Kristen that it's me that got you off of camera. I'm trying to make friends with her. <laughs> hey, is Heather in town with you? No, I flew solo on this one. Heather's oh, back really? home taking care of the home and the family and, and getting everything ready for Christmas while I fly, uh, drive around the country and own a hole. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that. All right. So <laughs> y'all have hey, a good Chris one. Gass. Yeah. Hey, Chris Gas caught it right. Dan is drunk and we're hungry. And Merry Christmas. We won't see you till after Christmas. Uh, next week, Joe Everest, Dan Wheeler, Cannon Johnson, and Dan Blanc. Oh, wow. What, the, what, what a show. All right, guys. Hey, don't drink. Don't drive. Do the watermelon crawl. Thank you for listening to the My Fence Life podcast. And a special shout out to our sponsors, Southwest Automated Security, our flagship sponsor, and your one-stop shop for gate operators, access control, and video surveillance. Expert Stain and Seal. RealGoodStain.com. Job Nimbus, the best contractor software this side of the Mississippi. Rachel with My Salesman, the lead qualifying software. No, before you go. D&D Technologies, the world's largest and most trusted gate hardware manufacturer and home of the industrial metal Shut It Badass Hinge. And Benji with CleverFox.online. Helping businesses digitally outfox the competition. We invite you to leave us a review. Your five-star ratings and reviews help spread the word to others in our industry. You can connect with Dan and Cannon on Instagram and Facebook at MyFenceLife. The concepts and methods discussed are just the perspective of Dan, Cannon, and their guests. We hope these ideas inspire you to go out there and crush it in your own business. I'm Mr. Producer, reminding you to click follow on your podcast app to receive notifications of future episodes of My Fence Life. 